superpowers on the Super Power Up Podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers Podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berendey, and today I am here with Sam and Patrick Cullinane, and we are going to be talking about keys to mastering a successful marriage. Authors Sam and Patrick have been married for over 20 years, and they would tell you that they are one of the happiest couples they know, but they weren't always this happy. In fact, after 10 years of marriage, they were ready to sign the divorce papers and be done for good. They talk about this in their um, book, Bigger Love, and I'm so, so grateful and pleased to have them on the show with us today. We're glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, all right, so I'm going to start us off. And because you're a couple, um, I'm asking this question in a little bit of a different way because I want to hear what your superpowers are, but I would love to hear both what your individual superpowers are and then what is the superpower of the entity that the, the relationship entity that the two of you make together. So who wants to start? I'm happy to start. Awesome, Sam. Um, I think one of my superpowers is my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I like to make people laugh, and I laugh a lot. <laughs> and I think it helps carry me through my life, no matter what's going on. Um, and I think one of my other superpowers is is writing songs. And sometimes I get to weave my sense of humor into my songwriting too. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would say my super. Did you hear that, Tatiana? I did not hear that. Can you say it again? I will. Oh, I, I heard know it looks like our internet. Yeah, I heard well, yours. you did I hear mine. I didn't hear Patrick's. Okay, he'll, he hasn't said it yet. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> he stopped himself. I heard him say, I would say my superpower, and then blank. Oh, yeah. I, anyway, I would say one of my uh, superpowers, um, the one I'm kind of focused on most right now is um, is the ability to share the message of love with the world. Um, it sounds like a uh, ambiguous superpower, but we do have a a plan and a way to do that, which is part two of the love endeavor, which we talk about in our book. I love it. I think that's a beautiful superpower. And, um, you know, this maybe this caught you a little off guard because I didn't prep you guys for this question. And I don't know if you want to answer it, you know, maybe each of you give an answer for what you think the superpower is of the entity of your relationship. But I do think that when, when we join together in relationship, there is another being that's created in that unification. So I'd love to hear what the superpower is of that. Is it trite to say that it's love? <laughs> I think it's, I, and I don't, um, I think it's love in all of love's complexities. Um, we talk a lot about um, the different kinds of love. You know, we talk about love in terms of love for your lover, which to me feels very different from the love that I have for my children 
um, or the love that I have for God. So there's, or the love that I have for my family or the love that I have for friends, all of those love, although there is, I think, something at the very core of those loves, they all are very complex and have these different nuances about them. And I think one of our superpowers, and I'll let Patrick talk, um, is that we've been able to weave all those kinds of love and figure out how they work in our relationship. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. And and I, I wouldn't, go in a different direction because that's kind of how our book works she gives her opinion on what she thinks something is and then i tell everybody what it really is Um, (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) i think um i i I think one of the superpowers we have as an entity is just genuine caring um sam's one of the more caring people i know and and um i also am the same way and uh, that's kind of how the whole book came about is we just kind of wanted to share and, and put the message out there about all the th- different things that we've tried that have worked and the successes that we've had um, in the last 10 years. And we're not necessarily that worried about monetizing it as much as we just want to get the message out. So that's kind of the giving and the caring part that I think um, makes us work as a couple for each other and for other people. Beautiful. So let's talk about this book a little bit. How, um, for for people who don't know you, um, give us a give us a brief overview of of sort of your story and how you came to the decision that well we need to write a book from from all of this. Well, in part, it was a little bit of a shortcut because it's fairly unique, I think, for people to split up to the point of. Uh, you know, signing divorce papers and then somehow finding their way back together and being happy and then, um, you know, having a successful, what we consider a sexful, successful, sex successful, that was a good slip of the tongue, (laughs) successful and successful relationship. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Um, So we have a lot of friends who have, who have come to us and asked us for help and for counsel um, as they are, you know, hurting and and discouraged in their own relationships and we started thinking that our story and what we've learned what we learned in the beginning of our marriage through the breakup and then also what we've learned um since our our journey back together is worth sharing with not just our friends but with the world because it has i mean it's it's helped us it's helped other people we know and we hope that it can can help other people yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a story of failing forward, um, and a tale of two different decades. The first ten years, we didn't have any tools, and we stumbled miserably through our relationship, kind of like a lot of people do. Um, and then we took a year apart, and when we got back together, <coughs> excuse me, when we got back together. We'd gotten rid of a lot of our own personal stuff that enabled that to happen, and um, and then. Afterwards, we continued to try to grow and learn and, and um, you know, get better and better at our relationship. So essentially, that's, that's kind of the, the story of the book is the first 10 years, and this is everything we did wrong, and then this is what we've done since then to make it much better. That's so beautiful. And what I love about both of you and, and this, you know, book that you've created is that and you, you say this really clearly at the beginning of, of the book, you're not 
you're not PhDs. You haven't studied, you know, the science of relationship, if that's even a thing you can study. You, but, but what you're bringing forward is real practical experience. And I think, you know, oftentimes in, in our culture that doesn't get given enough weight because, you know, we, we come from such an ap- academic perspective and, and those letters after your name are so important for people to be able to listen to you. And yet I think you're really demonstrating a different way that, that you know, we're, we have real valuable experience and it does have value enough that we can put it in a whole, you know, we can write a whole book about it and we have, and here you go. And, um, and I just, I just think that's really beautiful. And I, I really want to give, give kudos to you in that sense, because that's, that's rare. It's rare to see. So, so thank you for, for having the courage and the willingness to step out in that way and put the wisdom that you've gained from your life experience out there in a way that it can be used and be valuable um, to other people. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Absolutely. Um, so we are going to go to a quick break here. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to tell people um, where they can go to get the book, where they can find out more about you. I know you do some couples retreats here and there. And when we come back from the break, we're going to really dive into into some of these keys to mastering a successful marriage. So um, before we go to break, will you tell everybody where they can find out more about you and where they can get your book? Um, yeah, our book's on Amazon and we have a, a webpage called uh, biggerlovebook.com and a Facebook page with the same name. Awesome. And there's a Twitter account, but I've never been on it, Sam. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> Bigger Love book. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. So we've been talking with Sam and Patrick Cullinane. Um Today we're going to be discussing keys to mastering a successful marriage. So stay tuned. If you are married, you're definitely going to want to hear this when we get back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right. And we're back. Um, so one of the things that, that really stood out to me as I was um, diving into your book a little bit was this, and, and we swear on, on this show too. And you, you swear in the book, we swear on the show. We're all adults. We can handle it. Um, we've got, we've got the, you know, explicit warning label on our, on our podcast show. Um, you talk about owning your shit and, and the importance of that when it comes to relationship. And I would just, I would just love to hear you talk a little bit more about that. Okay. Pat's um. the expert. <laughs> <laughs> Pat's the expert on shit. <laughs> There's, you need to, you need to own your shit and don't own your shit. So it's a, it's a two way street there, but the owning part is, um, and I've actually 
we told our kids this, but it's, and, and we'd say over and over in the book that we're not perfect on any of these concepts. Um, we're just, we're trying to be perfect on them, but, uh, the own your shit is pretty simple. Almost any situation that you get stuck in that you don't like, or that you, you find blame in other people or other things, you can always find some piece of some piece of it that you can own. And, um, sometimes the fastest way to diffuse an argument or a disagreement or any of that is, is to just look for what part in it that, or even, you know, when, when people are upset at each other, if you can just look for what it is that you own, like, I'm sorry if I just said something to upset you. Um, and I apologize for that. It was not my intention. So that's me owning, you know, if, if, Sam gets really upset with me. That's me trying to own whatever it might be. Yeah, now, he's good at that. <laughs> yeah, and now, but I want to I want to go into this a little bit deeper because you can say the words "I'm sorry." You know, it can become almost a script. And and there's there's a difference between saying it and actually actually finding the grain of truth in it. Sure. Well, and I think that's the. I mean. I think that's the key in the in his example he's not really sure what he did but he is deaf I mean so the beauty of Patrick and what he does is he is so good at really trying to decide what he thinks he did wrong and if he can't find anything I mean we love each other and he legitimately doesn't want to upset me no no one wants to. I can go go on a little bit of a warpath. So when he says that I've never felt like I've never felt like it wasn't genuine. Mm. Um, I could be accused of saying sorry in a flippant kind of sorry way. But now that I've kind of understood um, when you get upset, how you sort of have to take a step back. And when you do evaluate yourself, try to really figure out what it is that you're contributing. Then it's once you identify it, I think it's easier to call it out and and be genuine about the apology. Like, so if he says that, then I say, I'm, you know, usually if he says, I'm sorry, I upset you, then I'm probably, there's something being snarky or I'm saying things in a way that isn't loving or I'm yelling. And then I can immediate, like him saying, I'm sorry, I upset you. Then I, then that's sort of a trigger for me to be like, oh, he thinks I'm upset. And then I'm like, am I upset? What am I doing that makes him think I'm, I'm upset? And then I can take ownership of my own shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's- shit, babe, I'm sorry I'm yelling at you or I'm sorry I'm snarky or whatever it is. Yeah, and, and I, I can qualify that too. There's a much, much bigger piece of owning your shit than that's that's kind of the argument phase on how to diffuse an argument. The, at the probably the question that you're asking is owning your shit on a personal level, which is what we both did in the year apart that we were split up. Um, it took several months for me to stop being mad at Sam and um, you know start taking a look at myself. What negative things did I bring into the relationship that basically has it on the rocks and can I work on, can I own those and then work on getting rid of them? Mm -hmm. And I did, I did that with several things when we were split up and that helped out a bunch. And then Sam also did the same thing. And and I, we honestly both believe that if we had not owned our own shit in that year apart and come back together after shedding a lot of it, it would, we never would have got back together. Yeah. 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 I know. I like recognizing Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I found that in my in my own own marriage and just in in relationships in general for myself and also with clients that I work with if if you can't find 
your own part in it, I mean, the relationship's not going anywhere. I think that is such a crucial, crucial, crucial piece to a successful relationship. It is. And, you know, I also think that um, there's a lot of power in recognizing that you have control of a lot of situations by controlling yourself instead of trying to control someone else. And so I think that is recognizing your own shit and using and knowing that that's, that's part of you controlling yourself and then also having some control over the situation and the outcome of that situation. Yeah. It's getting your hand out of somebody else's shit bag and putting it in your own. <laughs> now you said something when I first asked you the question, Patrick, you, you said it's owning your shit and it's also not owning your shit. Can you say more about that? Or not owning well, yeah, your shit? Yeah, it's a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, there's own it and don't own it, but it is the shit on and their shit and uh don't not owning so sam like she said she can go on the warpath she can go from zero to um bitch i wasn't gonna say that word but that's okay i will bitch I zero say, to bitch i was gonna say bitchy um <laughs> zero to <laughs> zero to super bitchy in in no time she's gotten way better at it over the years but in the first 10 years of our marriage it was it was how she managed it was it was her mo and um if she get home from a trip, you know, she'd be gone for like two weeks and get home and she'd be grouchy and, um, I would snap at me. And then I just, I'd own that for a couple of days. I'd be pouting and being like, I was really excited to see you the other day. And you snapped at me and cause she'd be wondering why, what my problem is, you know, two days later. And, um, you know, nobody likes somebody sulking around the house and pouting and saying, well, you should know why I'm upset. You know, that's, that's if you're if you're being that person, then you are owning something that somebody has said or done to you, um, way past its expiration date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, carrying carrying it forward, carrying the past forward. Right. Yeah. So and trying to take responsibility for that that part that you can't control. You know, I can't control what Patty says or does. Right. And if I if I'm trying to control that or I'm holding I'm holding on to that, it's not and it's negative. That doesn't help either of us or our relationship. And the the trick that I I use now is when cuz again, we're not perfect, but um so sometimes Sam will just snap at me for no reason and i feel myself getting defensive and flaring up and then i think to myself oh i'm not sure what her deal is but there's it's nothing i did i just walked through the door for crying out loud so (laughs) (laughs) and some that's when i'll ask her you know look if i've done something to upset you please let me know but so yeah i think sometimes in those moments it can lead us to some compassion for the other person too if we're able to depersonalize it you know it's like wow someone just snapped at me Clearly, it's not something that I did. Like, are you okay? You know, are you having a rough day? What's going on? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And wrapping compassion around that. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't want to give the person that just asked that question a hug? Right. So exactly. what, what are some of the keys? If you were to give just like a few nuggets of, of gold, what are the keys that you have found to really mastering a successful marriage like 
What are the cornerstones for you? We've got three. All right. We have more than three, but we're going to highlight three. All right, give me three. So (laughs) the first one, and we think this is absolutely the most important thing about relationships, is that you have to figure out how to love yourself. So when we say, who's the love of your life? And we've, you know, we run a few workshops and things like that. You say, who's the love of your life? And, you know, people come in couples, they're pointing at each other. um, And we would argue that you are the love of your life. You're the only one who will be with you from cradle to grave. You're truly the only one who can really take ownership of taking care of you. So we would say you have to take care of yourself and learn how to love yourself. And that, that, fills you up enough so that you have something to give to someone else yeah, and to a relationship. You can't truly, um, we believe that you can't truly be a loving, giving partner if you don't treat yourself the same way. Yeah. Or I couldn't, learn how to do it to yourself first. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I actually, I was, I was reading an old journal the other night and it was before I before I married my husband, we were dating at the time. And I wrote, for me, it was, you know, first, my heart belongs to God, second to myself, and third to Daniel. And just really, really naming, naming those and delineating them for myself was, was a, a, an important part of that process for me before being able to enter into a marriage. Um, just really... Yeah, really that's very powerful. powerful. Mm-hmm. We might... We might even argue on a different podcast that um, <laughs> yourself, yourself and God are the same person. So uh-huh. that is, the, yeah, you should, you should get on Tonya's podcast and have that argument. Although I, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> not going to argue that with you. There's, there's a, I, yeah, I'm with you. We I believe this. Yeah. yeah. This, this, you have, the, you are the spark of the divine. Mm-hmm. I believe that very strongly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. What's key number two? Key number two, you want to say number two? Um, Sam has sex with me whenever I want. (laughs) (laughs) No, we we do have a chance. That actually is true. (laughs) Um, We believe that, and you know, therapists, when they um, first are evaluating relationships, they, they always ask about the sex life. And you know, I think it's like taking the temperature of a relationship. It's not really going to tell you what's right or wrong, but it is going to tell you if there's something right or wrong. So it's an interesting thing that therapists do and something that we just learned on our own. I mean, Patrick is a is a touch guy. That's definitely his his top love language. And we decided to do this little experiment because he felt like he wasn't getting enough and I felt like I was putting out all the time. And we did this experiment where if he asked to have sex anytime, I would say yes. We called it Just Say Yes. We were going to do this for a month. And it was so amazing and transformative in our relationship that we never stopped. And now it's it's not just whenever Patrick wants. It's whenever I want now, too. I, I'm, it's almost, I think I might want it more than Patrick even now. <laughs> well, there's, it, it's, it did kind of, um, kind of awaken sexuality and Sam. Uh, and also, I mean, I just turned 50, so I'm no spring chicken. And, um, but I do remember years ago, I would ask seven, eight times a week, mostly because she would only say yes a couple times, you know? And so I know she went into that experiment 
scared shitless terrified of the sexorama she's like oh god he's gonna want to do it twice a day every day and all right i'll give it a shot and um (laughs) it was like that for the first few days (laughs) yeah i I didn't know how long she was gonna be able to hold out so anyway after i realized that it was that she was committed to make you know to, to saying yes um i backed off and settled into asking a couple of times a week and then um i didn't even need to shortly after that and now the, you know, the pendulum swung all the way to where, you know, she's like, let's go take a shower. And that, that's the code name for sex in our life, in our world. But, um, <laughs> like I'm working, I'm really busy, honey. So anyway, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, I have to, I can't say no. So we found that, that's, that sex is, has been very transformative for our relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that it's, I love what you're bringing forward because I think it's actually for a lot of people could, could be a very controversial perspective, especially, you know, to hear you, Patrick, oh yeah, Sam has sex with me whenever I want. It's like, wow, you know, that, that can, that can bring up a lot. I think for a lot of people, I think, especially women who are in this culture of, you know, I, I get to I get to determine when we have sex and, and I get to say no. Um, and I think that there is a part of the journey for some women, especially depending on what their, the, what their sexual history is and what their experience has been, that can be a really important part of the journey. And then I think it does, it can become a habit pattern and it can become almost a, a power play dynamic within, within a relationship. So, I kind of, I kind of love that you guys did that experiment together, and that it found its own equilibrium in that way. I think that's really beautiful. There's, there's a, I agree with everything that you're saying, um, and and this, this strategy obviously depending on people's backgrounds and and you know, any other things that myriad of things that could have happened, but it's more, it's more for for people that have kind of gotten stuck in the the doldrums of a marriage where sex may have gotten a little bit stale, they've let their inhibitions grow a little bit. They've, um, they've just, you, you build up this story in your head that everything has to be perfect in order to have sex. You know, Sam, and we talked about it in the book, Sam was a morning person. I was a night person. And so, you know, she was like, okay, well I have sex with you, but let's do it in the morning. And I'm like, I want to do it right now. So anyway, it, it's it's kind of more for to get out of that rut. Uh, yeah, I I almost I I agree, and then I also don't agree. Like I do believe that I, Tatiana, I think you're exactly right. I do think that, and I talk about this a little bit too in the book that, you know, there's this we're taught as women before we get married, you know that that sex is something very sacred, and I do believe that it is something sacred, but that it's very sacred, and it's something that you know, you hold out. You hold out until you feel very emotionally and physically attracted to someone. And that's when you're allowed to give your love, your, your you know, sex away to, to a partner. And once you're in a committed relationship, I don't know that anybody teaches you that that can change, mm-hmm. that I don't have to feel super emotionally and physically attracted to Patty at any given moment for sex to be great. And in fact, during this experiment, I found that 
even if I was, you know, uncomfortable, like, you know, my myriad of excuses, like, uh, how am I, you know, I have cramps or I've got a headache or all these things. And if I just said yes, a lot of times sex is almost like meditative to the point where, you know, I, I experienced this beautiful physical experience with Patty and it lifts me up no matter when I chose to do it with him. And so I, I mean, it was a transformation inside myself about yeah. my perceptions of sex and yeah, I, if and when similar... I could do it and I, you know, saying yes has been awesome. Yeah. I've had similar experiences, especially the, you know, I think, oh, I'm too tired is a, is a, is a really common excuse or have a headache or, you know, but I know for me, I'm too yeah. tired was a, was a really common one. And I've actually had some of the most, if you want to call it transcendent or, but just like really, yeah, spiritually opening sexual experiences from that point of like beyond tired, like I should have been asleep three hours ago, tired, um, but really entering into almost like an altered state of consciousness through the sexual experience. So I think there's a lot, a lot of growth work to I, be done me too. within the container of a committed, a committed marriage um, to saying yes, when maybe you don't quote unquote feel like it. Um, Thank you for naming that. I think that's a really, really beautiful key. So let's hear, let's hear number three. Um, the third one that we highlighted is we call it biggest fan. Um, we know so many couples that you get them one-on-one -on -one or sometimes they do it in front of each other where they just bash each other or they say mean things about each other. Or, they say mean things to each other. Right. And friends sometimes will bait you too. Let's say you've got a friend that is lukewarm on your spouse and they'll bait you and, and, and get you to trying to say negative things about that person. Um, and we're adamantly against it. Even, even kind of when we're in the room together, we, we believe, and it's another thing that we haven't perfected yet, but we're working hard at it, <laughs> speaking lovingly towards each other all the time. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what biggest fan in, in a nutshell is about. Yeah. And just, I mean, I want to be Patty's biggest fan. He's, he, he is the person that I will spend the rest of our lives together until death do us part. And I want him to know how much he's loved. Um, so I try to be his biggest fan. I try to look, and, and this is also about, you know, what you focus on grows. If I focus on all Patty's flaws, then that's what I'm thinking about all the time. If I focus on all the things that I can join his fan club for, that's what I focus on. That's what grows. Even if only in my own mind, it's the only place that it matters anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what are some of the ways that you express and that Sam, Sam. biggest fan aspect? Well, I try to express love in Patty's love languages. So for him, touching him a lot is how he, he likes to be loved. Um, but also, you know, affirming him, telling him how great I think he is. Telling my friends how great I think he is. That's kind of, it's almost an external factor in that um i i don't ever say negative things about sam or i try not to ever say negative things about sam to other people and when i catch people doing it you know for their their spouses and significant others 
um, I might I might call him out on it a little bit because to me it's Sam says when you focus on it grows. There's things called affirmations. There's all these things, but basically, um, if you're saying something even to yourself negatively over and over again about somebody that's what your subconscious is hearing and that's kind of what you're going to believe so yeah it's also what you're going to see yep exactly yeah yeah that that mindset shift is so vitally important i think in relationship especially when we've gotten into you know we can get into sort of these negative tapes about our spouse we can only look at like you mentioned the Oh, you didn't do the laundry or didn't make the bed or, you know, all of these things that didn't get done. Whereas if I, there's a bunch of things that did get done that I could choose to focus on and have a very different experience inside of myself and relating to my partner um, if I just shift my focus. Yeah. And I think that sometimes the best way to shift that focus is to do that also for yourself. Absolutely. So when you're thinking, oh, the laundry didn't get done or I'll forgive yourself for those things to also then turn that outward and not forgive your partner for those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's kind of the whole, it's almost a whole nother topic, which is gratitude and forgiveness. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just actually, I was, um, I've been reading this great book called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz, and, and he talks about forgiveness, and he, he really, I think forgiveness oftentimes, um, he outlines this way of using forgiveness, which I wouldn't call real forgiveness, but sort of using it as a weapon against somebody. It's like, oh, well, I forgave you, but I'm, but I could never forget what you did or what happened and how there's it's like to not forget is actually to not forgive um i really loved how he put it anyway i'm really into that book right now but that just made me think about that um i hadn't that's an interesting way to i've never heard that perspective on forgiveness it's kind of like the empty sorry that you were talking about when we were talking about owning our shit when i was saying uh you know i'm sorry for something i may have done it's it's kind of the same thing if if you don't forget, then it's by saying I forgive you, that doesn't really carry any weight. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't really done it. Yeah. So we would argue that the, this is the hardest thing for me and when it comes to forgiveness is being able to forgive myself. So because mm-hmm. I probably, probably beat myself up more than anybody. And um, I know that when I'm able to forgive myself, it's easier to forgive other people. So still working on that one too. Yeah, and we'd say that's all part of, you know, trying to figure out how to love yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's a practice. It's a daily practice. It's it's not, I think, a, a one and done kind of deal. Yeah, it's not a destination. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that you um, mentioned in the book is a, a place when you were having your biggest struggles was when there were financial issues and there was a, a question and there was a financial disparity and, and Patrick, maybe your businesses weren't doing as well as you'd hoped they were. They were just at the beginning. They hadn't really borne the fruit yet. Um, can you talk a little bit about how important you think financial security within a relationship is in terms of kind of a foundation? I think it, it's, 
it's different within every couple and it's different within the two the two people so sam and i are still very different when it comes to finances i like to take risks and spend money and i like to save money and not take risks (laughs) but um when you have when you do take a few risks and they pay off i mean sam came from a corporate background i came from an entrepreneurial background and um she was able to finally start seeing, okay, this entrepreneur thing has some, some weight to it and get behind it. And, um, it, it made a huge difference. So there's that side of it. The other side of it is also sitting down no matter how uncomfortable it may be and going through your finances and getting on the same page with them. Because I don't know how many times we've sat down and Sam has been like, you're spending too much money. And then we go through everything and I'm not spending as much as she thought. And she's spending a little bit more than she also thought. So, it, but just by sitting down and regularly taking a look at that uh, is huge in, in most relationships. Yeah. And something, I mean, it's interesting because there are studies that show that even if you, so for, you know, he was saying that we're financially opposite. And even if you married someone who's financially the same as you, has the same outlook on finances that you do, that one of you will shift because you have to have that, you have to have kind of that give and take of, you know, how, you know, if you have two risk taking spenders, you'll never have any money. So somebody will, will naturally start to draw back a little bit. And that's healthy. The, the challenge is trying to, negotiate that within the partnership, right? And trying to stay in those conversations about finances that are so uncomfortable when you have such different viewpoints. And so with financials, we think the best thing is to really try to align your values. And then once you have your values aligned, how does that relate to your goals? And then, then, then bring in the financial discussion. Um, so like in early in our marriage, we didn't have any money. And so we talked about money a lot, trying to figure out, well, you know, how to, how to just survive, you know, how to pay the mortgage and take care of our kids. And so we had all of these conversations, but they were all based on what our values, our core values were. You know, our values were that, you know, we wanted our children to be able to go to college if we wanted them to go there. Obviously, we wanted, to, we had a home and we wanted to provide for our kids and be able to eat. Um, bathe, clothe, feed our children. So those were at the top of our, of our values. And um, obviously they shift. You can't just have that conversation once either. I mean, any big life change and all of those conversations start to change because now you have a lot of money. And so now you're thinking, oh, you know, now we, now, you know, our kids are all grown up. They've, their college is done. So now now, how does our financials, now we're looking more at when can we retire and how do we fund that? So I think it's about, I think a lot of it is about having those conversations at a high level. And then when you get to the details of it, after having, you know, gone through the discomfort of, of talking about it, that it's a little bit easier to manage that way. That was a long explanation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, try paying the bills naked. <laughs> also a good strategy (laughs) might not end up paying any bills that way well it has been such a pleasure to talk with you both today 
Um, Sam and Patrick Colinane, their book is Bigger Love. You can find it on Amazon. You can also go to biggerlovebook.com. Um, you can find out more about the couples retreats that they want run. You said you had one coming up in Belize. Yeah, we do have one in Belize. It's That's, coming up. It's actually next week. It's full, but uh-huh. um, we want to do another one or two couples retreats next year. We haven't we haven't really made them public yet, but we are kicking that idea around. Beautiful. Well, maybe by the time this is live and aired and the website is visited, there will be some more information about that. But until then, you can go and check out their book. Um, thank you guys so much. This was such a wonderful conversation, and I hope our listeners got a lot of value out of it. Um, is there anything else you wanna you wanna say before we sign off here? Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And remember to love each other. Absolutely. And yourself. Absolutely. That's, that's what we say at the end of this show every time. Until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.